You know, when we have problems in our life, there. thank you so much. Would somebody just, just pray for Pastor? I'll remember to bring a water because these ladies get tired. I have to get me on water every service. When we have problems in our life, they never be, seem to be small problems. When I have a problem in my life, it's always a large problem. It is. It, it seems to always be a large problem. Even if it's a small problem, it seems to be a large problem. You, you need a little screw to fix the light or whatever, and you can't find the screw, screw in the garage, and so you end up having to go to the store, you get the wrong one, then you can't find the right bit with the screwdriver. It just turns into a big mess, just put one screw in a light. You think, what in? It, it's everyone, Nick. It's everyone. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is every, every one of us. And you know what? Sometimes my small problems, I turn them into large problems. How many ever do that? You mess things up even worse. I'm going to tell you, one day I was backing our bus up, and we have a big 40-foot bus. We were traveling. We were in Tupelo, Mississippi. And, I, and my, my grandpa, we, we come from a long line of bus and RV people. All right? Dad had four sisters. And we evangelized, was in a bus traveling all over the nation. And then there was four other sisters, my aunts and, and my uncles. They all traveled around the country in a bus or pastored a church somewhere. Okay, so we had a lot of bus. My grandpa had a bus, and he wasn't even an evangelist. Okay. And so we were all in Tupelo. We'd gather together there, and we were all seemed to be singing in a different spot. So you get all them buses. It gets tight in there. We had to leave about 6 o'clock on that Sunday morning to get to our service to sing and preach. And my grandpa was pulling a little bitty truck behind his RV. And, and I, I was going so slow, backing the bus up. I knew I was close, and I didn't have cameras on the bus. And so I pushed in the clutch because I was going to pull back forward and wiggle it back out a little bit more. And when I pulled forward, I seen in my mirror my grandpa's truck rocked. I had pushed right up against his truck, touched his truck, and when I pushed off of it and got away from it, well, then it rocked. Well, you do that with the bus, there's going to be a dent in that truck. I went back there in the back uh, corner panel, I guess that's what it is, there was a big old dent in, that, in the, his truck. I tapped on the window of RV and I said, Grandpa, he sets up and he's thinking, what is my grandson up to? Get waking me up this early. He, uh, he looks out the window and he said, what's up? And I said, I hit your truck. And he said, oh, he thought I was teasing. How many knows I, I tease once in a while? He thought I was teasing me. Oh, you didn't hit my truck. Because he didn't even feel it in his RV. And I said, no, I, I really did. I hit your truck. I dented your truck. He said, son, you can't break something that I can't fix. And he laid down went back to sleep. Well, that taught me a big lesson. I used that later on in my life at different things. I don't even know why I was telling that story now, but we have problems. That's what it was. We have problems. We have, sometimes they're big problems. Sometimes they're small problems. I, I, th I think about my grandpa in that, that moment. He, he was like God. And I'm not saying that he was God or anything like that, but he was the spirit of God. That's the way God is sometimes. We come up with these problems, and we think, wow, we hit your truck. We, we made a big dent. I was thinking, man, this is hundreds of dollars coming out of my pocket. My grandpa said, don't worry about it. By the way, he was a body and fender man, too. He said, you can't break something that I can't fix. I'm going to tell you what, God's telling us the same thing today. You can't have a problem so big that he can't fix. When all seems to be lost, he likes to work when nothing else works. 
How big is your problem on a scale from one to God? How big is your problem on a scale from one to God? Because we want to stop. We want to go from one to ten or one to a hundred. How about from one to God? How big is that problem? (laughs) Not one to ten, not one to a hundred, but a scale from one to God. How big is your problem tonight? Can God intervene for you? From the smallest to the greatest, God can do it. God can do it. The Bible says in Isaiah 59 and 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. You know what the problem is? Too many times we run into problems and we stop talking to God. We stop going to the source. And we start leaning on our own understanding trying to figure it out in our own mind, how can I fix this in my life? How can I fix my husband, my wife, my children, my grandchildren? How can I fix my finances, my house, my boss, my work? His hand's not sure. That means he can reach into whatever situation that you're in right now and take you out of it. (laughs) That means also that his ear, his ear's not deaf. He hears your cry. Some people want to just keep on continuing to find their own answers. Stop and talk to God. Stop and talk. Listen to this. Moses said to the people of Israel, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. We know the story of the Israelites coming out of uh, Egypt, and, and they come up against a mountain. They have an army behind them. They have the mountain there. They have the, the Red Sea there. There's a problem. It's a big problem. It's a deadly problem. You know what? Sometimes I feel like we're, we're better off when we're backed in the corner, and there is no other answer but God. When we make God our first choice instead of our last resort, it usually works out a whole lot better. The Lord will fight for you. And you, shall, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel, go forward. I don't know. I just read it and said, why do you keep ball bagging to me? Go forward. Keep moving like I told you to. I could have brought you out the easy way, but you couldn't handle it. Because there was going to be a battle, a shorter route. I'm giving you some scripture right here before this. I could have brought you out a shorter route, but I'm taking away the long route. And now there's going to be some other battles there. It's because you couldn't handle this other stuff. So when you're wondering why you're going through a problem, don't wonder anymore. Maybe you couldn't handle the other route. Verse 16 says, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. (laughs) I love it when God gives instruction like that to Moses. said, stretch out your rod, divide the sea. God, can I do that? You can if God tells you to. Praise the Lord. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Hallelujah. God wants to bless us. God wants us to succeed because he loves us. How many knew that? I want to preach for just a few minutes with the subject. How big is your problem on a scale from one to God? Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you, Lord, enlighten us today. Give us revelation of your word. I'm asking you, Lord, right now that the problems that we're facing, the troubles, the situations, Father, that we put them in your hand and leave them there. We like to take them up. We try to pick them up and take them with us, God. Don't let us do that. 
Help us to leave them there. Remind us, convict us, Father, that we'll leave them there. I'm asking you, Lord, for me to uh, preach tonight under the holy anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm asking for our ears and our eyes to hear and to see what you'd have to say. And that the seed of the word will go down deep and flourish in our life. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. I want you to know there's nothing that we go through that doesn't already have God's attention. Amen. Sometimes we have to get our kids' attention, right? Coaching for years in baseball, I tell the parents, listen, I'm going to yell at your kids. It's not because I'm mad at them. It's because I need their attention. Am I the only one that's had to holler at a kid before? Yeah, I am. Okay. Sometimes you have to raise your voice to get someone's attention. Now, I don't like that. I like to speak to my kids one time, and they do it. In, in the car, riding in the car, these kids all have these earbuds in and everything else. And I talk to them, and then they go, what, Dad? i got to repeat this whole big thing. They could have stopped me a long time ago, but I, I tell them a whole thing, and then they come back, what, Dad? I want you to know you have God's attention already. There's not a situation that you're going to, not a problem that you have, nothing that's going on in your life right now that he doesn't already have his attention on it, and he also has the solution for it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is not shocked at the problems in our lives. And I know I say that all the time. Nothing catches him by, by surprise, and, and he's, he, it's just the truth. Nothing catches him off guard. He knows your beginnings from your endings. The enemy doesn't throw you a kink in your life that God doesn't already know about and knew it was coming. Well, then why didn't he protect me from it? I, I could hear that. Everybody was thinking, this. well, why didn't he help me through that before it happened? I asked the same questions. God, why didn't you protect me from that? Why didn't you lead me in another way? Maybe we just wasn't listening. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm never going to blame God for something I'm doing. Sometimes I'm just not listening closely to his voice. Hallelujah. Well, God knows. He knows if we'll submit ourselves to him and his will. The problems that come up will not hinder what we're doing for him. If we'll go ahead and walk with him through them. God is not concerned, worried, or afraid of how he's going to deliver you from a problem. Wouldn't it be awful to serve a God that's just fretful and walking around, pacing the floor, and I, I'm chewing his, on his fingernails? What, how am I going to fix this for them? He's not that kind of a God. He's not that. That's a good sermon. He's not that kind of a God. That's a good one. Well, he has a plan. God knows the outcome. And he wants us to be reassured that, his, that trusting in God is the right decision. I mentioned it before. I've known particular people, that in, even coming into this church in the last 20 years, that live for God for, for long periods of time. And then as soon as there's a problem in their life, they're out the door. I'm not saying a problem with the church or anything. I'm just saying a problem in their life outside these doors. And then they're out of the church. Almost seemingly run from God instead of running to God, asking God for the solution to the trouble they're in. Well, Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. How many love God today? Amen. Amen. To those who are called according to his purpose. 
Well, aren't we all called to be saved? Yeah, we're called to his purpose. So we know that we're called to his purpose and all things work together for good for those who love him. We say we love him. Then uh, Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Why are we worried about our problems? And that big old scale that seems like it's, it's just tipping over. When God's for us, who cares who's against us? When God's for us, who can be against us? Who can do that? Verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for all of us, how shall he not with him so freely give us all things? Praise the Lord. I just threw these scriptures in. They blessed me so much. I said, you need to hear them too. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I love that word right there, intercession. All right? The word intercession means the action of intervening on behalf of another. That's what Jesus is doing for you. He's stepping in. He's the action of intervening on behalf of you. But Drew, i got a problem here. I've got big problems here. You don't know what I'm going through right now. God is intervening for you if you just trust in him. Hallelujah. That's the reason why we pray everything in Jesus' name. Man, you're so smart. I love preaching to a smart crowd. He's the one petitioning God for us. No man comes to the Father except through me. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. Jesus loves us so much that he makes intercession for us. And then Paul throws out this question. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? <laughs> Who's going to separate you from God's love? Who's going to separate you from Jesus' love? There's no one going to separate you from Jesus' love. He's going to love you no matter what you're doing, where you're at, and what you, what's going on in your life. No problem you're facing. He still loves you. That's not eternal security. That's eternal love. Hallelujah. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution? That sounds like problems from one to God. On a scale from one to God. Tribulation and distress and persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know I've told you about more than conquerors before, but I'm going to tell you again. A conqueror that goes to work for 40 hours a week like a, like a father, and he brings that check home. And the more than conqueror is the wife that takes it from him. She's more than a conqueror. Well, it's, that's truth too. <laughs> this, nobody likes that one. For I am persuaded. How many is persuaded tonight? I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're not going to be separated from his love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's going to love you. He's going to love you in the pit. 
He's going to love you in the pulpit. (laughs) He's going to love you in sin. He's going to love you out of sin. Here's the difference. Let me tell you. I, I feel like I just need to touch on this. God still loves us even when we're sinning. It's not that he approves of your sin, but he still loves you, and he sent his son to die for you so you could come out of that sin and live with him forever. Amen? Do we all get that? We sometimes magnify our problems so big that we can't see God that he's even there with us anymore. We ponder on our problems and think about a solution, try to figure out just how to tell God how to fix it. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't tell God how to fix it. Yeah, we do. God, you know, if you just give me a million dollars, I'd pay off this. I'd pay off that. I'd feed the hunger. I'd take care of the widows. I would. Well, what are you doing with what he's giving you right now? Maybe when you start using that for his purpose, he'll start filling your pockets with greater riches. Amen? Don't be surprised when trouble comes your way. Listen, it's just, I I read this scripture all the time. I love it because it ministers to me, and it's truth, and we can stand on it. It is a firm foundation in the Word of God. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. I need peace, so I need to be in Jesus. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Be of good cheer. I've overcome every problem you're going to have in this world. Praise the Lord. He warns us. He's trying to calm our nerves. He's telling us the good news. We're so close to the problem. It feels like God's a million miles away, though. God, I hear the word. I see the word. I read the word. But I still see my problem. It just looks greater than than the word and what it's telling me, what I can believe in. I want to tell you something tonight. He is as close to you as your next breath. We feel like that he's just long gone. Things has happened to us. Problems happen. Tribulations come. And he's just so far away from us. He's as close as your next breath. And all you have to do is speak Jesus. Jesus. That's why we love to sing that song. Speak Jesus into every situation. Speak Jesus into your money problem. Speak Jesus into your home problem. Speak Jesus into your relationship problem. Speak Jesus into your children problem. Speak Jesus into everything that you're into. Hallelujah. I don't want to go anywhere where Jesus is not at. Hallelujah. He's the one that sticks with you when your family has turned their back on you. He sticks with you when your co-workers are talking bad about you. He's there with you when your last bestie has told lies on you. It's up to us to look to Jesus in our worst storm, in our worst problem, in our worst tribulation. Look to Jesus when all seems to be lost. On a scale of one to God, my problems look small (laughs) he's greater than the great (laughs) well praise the lord nancy Harmon used to sing this song i'm gonna read you the words because i love it he's higher than the highest mountains he's deeper than the deepest sea god is stronger than a locomotive he's faster than a bullet speed He's wiser than a man named Webster. Eternally deity. Nothing's too big for God. There's no impossibilities. (laughs) Praise the Lord. How many's had a situation or a problem you thought, this is impossible? This is impossible. There's nothing going to fix this problem. No way this problem. Well, listen to the next verse. Never has there been a problem bigger than my God can solve. Never has there been a question baffling the mind of God. 
He gives us the power to rise above our enemies. There's nothing too big for God. There's no impossibilities. Praise God. There's nothing too big for my God. Words saying, no, 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 no. Nothing too big for my God. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to be depressed because nothing's too big for God. And I'm in his rest. Hallelujah. Your problems on a scale from one to God are small. Are small. How big is your problem on a scale from one to God? Matthew 7 and 7. I love this. Listen to this. Famous verses. I love them. And I'm going to keep reading. Now, Matthew 7 and 7 says, ask. Woo. Sometimes we're so proud we don't even want to ask. Sometimes we're so proud we don't even want to ask. We don't even want to ask God. I got myself in this problem. I shouldn't have done this. I, this and that. And they go on and on and on until the devil's beat you so much. You don't want to ask God, the one that loves you, that will never stop loving you. You don't want to ask him for help. Ask, and it will be given to you. <laughs> Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Hallelujah. And he who, he who seeks, they find. Hallelujah. And him who knocks, it will be open to them. Praise God. We need to start doing some of the biblical things. Get our personal feelings, get our crybaby feelings out of the way and say, you know what? God told me to ask, and so I'm going to ask big, Brother Nick. I'm going to seek him with all my heart. I'm going to keep knocking on that door because he's going to open that door for me. I don't have to kick it down. He's going to open it for me. Verse number nine says, or what man is there among you? If his son asks of bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, you will give him a serpent. Verse 11 says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Praise God. I just give you a key to the kingdom. Pastor Drew the shepherd of this flock just give you a key to the kingdom. The Bible said, ask. The Bible said, ask. When the devil says, you can't get out of this, said, but the Bible said, ask. The devil says, you're going to die in this. You said, the Bible said, ask. It's a key to the kingdom. I know that that, that sounds like a blessing verse, and, and it is, but there are answers to problems in this verse too. When we have a problem that feels like the scale is about to tip, we need to remember that God is on our side. I'm just about done. I know you think, Pastor, you're going big. Well, I'm not too bad. 724, not, not too bad. Can I tell you, don't listen to the devil's discouragement. I know Sunday, Dad told me today, he said, Drew got on to me in my sermon not to complain about stuff and talk about his ball team and this and that. You know what? I think the devil can get right in the middle of anything. And he can cause us to have an attitude of disruption. We can have an attitude of discouragement. And the devil likes to do that to us. When our ball team's not doing well, I don't even want to watch them. Did I really expect they were going to be perfect and win a year after year after year after year? I was hoping. Just like the Razorbacks, I'm hoping. But it usually doesn't turn out how I'm hoping when it comes to Alabama. It just doesn't happen the way I want it to. Lord touched Alabama and Arkansas game this year. With the Razorbacks win, amen. Don't listen to the devil's discouragement. If you're hearing discouragement from someone, 
Stop listening to them. I don't care if they're a Christian. So I, I don't need to hear this because I have problems. I have problems believing the devil and his discouragement, so I don't need any discouragement to get me off, off, off where I need to go. When we have a problem that's rocking the Richter scale, we need to start reading the Word, start praying the Word, and start believing the Word. We need to ask, seek, and knock, because he said it will be given to those who ask. He said we will find when we seek. He said it will be open unto us when we knock. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Wow, stand on the Scripture. Stand on the Word. Believe the Word of God for what it's saying to us. We need to ask God to take this large problem we have. Because we can't handle it anyway. It doesn't matter if it's a small problem. We can't handle it. We need to keep seeking God for the right path, for wisdom, for the solution. We need to keep knocking on heaven's doors and keep calling the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to stop settling for less when we have a God that's more than enough. When we have Jesus that said he came to give us an abundant life, we're asking for too little. We're asking for too little when Jesus, the creator of this universe, says, I've come to give you abundant life. Lord, would you touch my toe? I'll live with this house. I'll live with this. I'll live with that. I'll live with this. Ask big. Ask big. Listen to this, Dan- Daniel eleven thirty two. 32. The end of the verse says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. How many want to do great things for the Lord? Know your God. Know your God. Know who your God is. Know who your God is and what he wants you to do. There's not a scale that can measure God and his love, his blessing, his peace, his joy, his strength, his wisdom, his provision, or his healings. There's not a problem on any scale that can compare to his knowledge, his wisdom, his love, his blessings, his peace, his joy, his strength, his healing power, and his provision. There's not a problem that he can't solve. I'm done. I'm hot and sweaty. I'm done. I just felt like that was a word from the Lord today. Problems in your life from one to God. It doesn't matter where it falls in your scale. Put God first. Make him that one instead of one to God. Just make it... God, I, God, I've got a problem. I'm not even going from one to ten. I'm just going God. I'm going straight to the top. How many knows when you have problems at McDonald's, Burger King, or any other restaurant, you just want to go to the top? I don't want to talk to that little waitress that's making her little uh, you know, $10 an hour wages. And I know she's working hard and everything else, but she's messed up everything at my table. She spilled everything on me, and she's being rude and nasty to me. I want to talk to the boss, right? When I have a problem, I need to talk to God. I want to go to the source. I could talk to you. I could have you pray for me, and that's great. But you know what? He's the one that's got the answer for us, and we need to go to him. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for these people. I ask you, Lord, that we receive this word tonight. And, Father, right now, as we find an altar to pray, Lord, we seal this word in our heart to know that there's no problem that you can't answer. There's no no problems in our life that you can't solve. God, you've already told us. You've reassured us of this. Let us find it real in our life. Lord, when things go wrong, we don't get upset. Cuss words don't fill our mind, but we go straight to God and say, God, you see exactly what's going on here. You see exactly why I'm in this situation. 
I'm asking you to deliver me. I'm asking you to help me through this problem. I'm asking you to bless me, Lord, as I seek you. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Would you find your place to pray tonight?